You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. You know, I just want to say, whoever decided what foods were appropriate for breakfast and lunch and dinner, like, who was that? And was there, like, a committee that said you can only have eggs and bacon for breakfast and sandwiches for lunch and hearty meals for dinner? Because... Like, I, for one, love eating breakfast for dinner. I ate breakfast before coming into the studio today because I don't like to follow any any social norms or rules. And I can tell you that it's 6 p.m. here, so having breakfast was very much my vibe, but it's not the typical thing to do. I'm just a rule breaker like that. Um, and I, I enjoy myself a nice a nice set of pancakes or some waffles any time of day. I don't think we should limit that to just breakfast. I think we should have them all day long. Um, and I'm actually really excited because today's guests, um, I think they, they share that same love and adoration for, for pancakes. They've been featured in the New York Times. They've been featured on the Today Show. Uh, one of them was even listed as one of Forbes 30 under 30. They're pretty much just overall startup badasses, and I'm happy to have them on today and pick their brains about how to build a successful business, how to launch a startup, uh, especially when you're married to each other, because that sounds a little <laughs> little problematic. Um, so I'm hoping they can offer some insight, even though, you know, I, I mean, I'm kind of building a brand. I'm not really married to anybody, though, but I mean, maybe it'll happen one day. Who knows? We'll see. Maybe they'll have some good advice for me. Uh, they're the founders of Birch Benders, my new favorite micro pancakery. Once uh, a few weeks, no, a few months ago, actually, back d- during Expo West is when I first discovered them. I'd seen them at Sprouts before, but I hadn't actually tried them. Uh, my mom always used them. I would see them at her house, and she said they were great. And then I actually got some for myself, and I'm I'm hooked. Now, you know why I eat pancakes and waffles all day long. So I'm happy to welcome them on the show today because I'm literally obsessed. Please welcome Matt Lacasse and Lizzie Ackerman, founders of Birchbenders. Thank, Thank you for having us. How are Thank you guys? You. We're doing great. And as you eat pancakes at all times of the day, you know, we, we like to start our morning with your uh, podcast intro music. So, you know, it <laughs> See, it gets ways. you hyped, right? <laughs> it gets you ready. You don't even need a full glass of a full cup of coffee because you just have, you know, some some banging music to get you going. <laughs> Beautiful thing. <laughs> so you guys are in Denver, right? Yes. Yep. Um, Denver, Colorado. So we, Mile high we, city. we travel. We're technically in Denver, though. I kind of, yeah, we as we were saying when we were talking a little before it started, yeah, we travel a lot. Um, it's kind of part of the, it's the name of the game when you're starting a business. You kind of have to show up and yeah, and always be sell on the your road. product in person. So, do you guys go to a lot of different um, like expos and events like that, or is it more meetings for? We did in the beginning when, when we started. We went to basically all of the trade shows and events that were available. Because um, we were trying to learn the industry as much as possible, but now that we've been at it for a couple of years, we kind of pick and choose which ones uh, give the best ROI and are most beneficial towards us. Because they're all th- those events are all really expensive. So, but where we do travel for is, really is like you know a retailer meeting. Um, there are so many grocery stores in America and beyond. So we um, we like to show up and meet the buyers in person and tell our story because. You know, no one can tell your story better than you. Absolutely. 
Okay, guys, before we get into the questions, though, I need you to answer my icebreaker question. So every guest that comes on has to answer these five questions. Are you ready? Yes. Are we going to alternate? Yeah, you'll alternate. So, Matt, why don't you start? Yeah, we'll we'll, um, both quickly answer all of the questions, but we'll start with you, Matt, and then Lizzie, you can answer after him. Okay. Perfect. Okay, so, Matt, first question. What's one word your mom would use to describe you? Loud. Loud. <laughs> Lizzie, would you agree? Yes. What would your mom use to describe you? Enthusiastic. Enthusiastic. Well, I feel like that's kind of what you need to, to launch a successful business. You need to be loud and enthusiastic, so I'm not against that. Okay. It's all about the passion. Exactly. You have to be passionate about your brand. Um, okay, Matt, give me a fun fact. What's one thing about you people wouldn't expect? Something about me that people wouldn't expect. Mm-hmm. Um my great-grandfather walked from Quebec to Maine when he was 12 years old to set, to set up a cobbler shop in Skowhegan, Maine. Oh and I, I grew up in Maine, been there ever since, but now I live in Colorado. <laughs> that's crazy. I feel like that's one of those stories that like your grandpa tells you, like, I used to walk two miles to school every day. You shouldn't complain about <laughs> walking two blocks. But that's like an intense story. Okay, Lizzie, what about you? Um, I would say... Um, that I, um, I, I had like really, really severe speech therapy and it took me like, I had an extra weird tooth in my mouth. So it messed up my teeth. <laughs> so I couldn't speak. No one could understand me. And I spent like eight years seeing a speech therapist every day to be able to sound, um, like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I was really cross-eyed too. <laughs> I love your, your, Sorry, I didn't mean to say I love that you had like an issue, <laughs> but I love that like now you're so eloquent and and you you know you have a, a lovely speaking voice. Well, thank you. Thank okay, you, next question. Give me your drink of choice, Matt. What do you order when you're out? Uh, IPA. IPA. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. Lizzie. Hence the micro but, um, pancakery thing. <laughs> like. Um, Prosecco or champagne with some elderflower, like a splash. Ooh, I like that. It's like fancy. Yes, I like that. It's like Prosecco, but with a little bit of elderflower. You have to add that edge to it. Or Matt's yes. like, I, I just stick with an IPA. Just give me, give me something simple. <laughs> nice balance. Okay, uh, Matt, give me your most embarrassing moment that you learned the most from. Most embarrassing moment that I learned the most from. I feel like we all have one of those moments where we're just like, oh, that was awful. But you know what? It taught me something. Um, um, I would say one of just within the business, it was really funny. Uh, our first uh, manufacturer's error. Like, you know, where the, a batch got messed up. Um, Lizzie and I were going to meet our branding company for the first time. And mm-hmm. so we went to make those, oh. our gluten-free pancakes. <laughs> but the recipe got messed up by the, uh, by the co-packer. You know, it was a very small run, no big deal or anything. But so we go to make these pancakes. We've been talking about them all day and how amazing they are and how delicious. And we pour this batter onto the griddle and it's completely the wrong formulation. And so like, it, no. it looks and tastes like rubber. It doesn't rise. Oh, like, uh, all right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, learn to take things in stride that mistakes always happen, and it's not uh, you know, about the mistake, it's about how you rebound from it. I like that. Lizzie, do you have one? I'm trying to think of like 
I just have a funny one. It's not like I learned that much from it, but this is, but this happened recently. Okay. Um, so like a good friend of ours, who's, um, a mentor of mine, who's on our board. Um, and you know, we're, he's been really helpful to me. We talk all the time. We text all the time, but I'm home in New York. Um, this is like a month ago. And I like my mom had arranged all my childhood stuffed animals, like on the shelf. And I thought it was like really cute. And she wasn't home. So I like took a picture of her to send to her to her and I sent it to him and said, and I, it was embarrassing. I mean, like literally to like my mentor, I sent him a picture of stuffed animals that like, just like randomly. And it's like, oh wait, my God. I feel like we've all had, <laughs> I feel like we've all had one of those like horrible, horrible <laughs> texting stories. I mean, yeah. literally the other day. So I went in for um, a cupping session. I did acupuncture. Yeah. So you know how when you do cupping, you have like all those marks all down your back. So I took a photo in the mirror um, of all of the like the the bruises on my back from the cupping. And, you know, it's awkward to pose when you're trying to take a mirror photo of your back. So it, it kind of looked like it was a little provocative and kind of sexy, but I was really just sending it to my brother as a joke. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, grandma got mad at me and she beat me. And so <laughs> I text that to him. And then I realized it didn't go to him. It went to like a major sponsor that was not supposed to <laughs> see that. See like this provocative photo of my back with like bruises talking about how my grandmother beats me. I was like, oh my God, I was like mortified. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. I was like, oops, wrong. Or actually, I shut my, as the, the photo was sending, I shut my phone off, hope, hoping it didn't go through. And then I turned my phone bo- back on and it said that it didn't deliver. So I'm hoping it didn't actually send. But he never <laughs> responded. So I don't know. <laughs> Well, but it's also hear about it now, right? <laughs> it was so bad. Amazing, it's amazing. Okay, guys. So talk to me about Birch Benders. So it's a so these are the pre uh, preset mixes that you kind of just throw together in your kitchen. You really just kind of add just water, right? Water or milk. Super, super easy to make for the consumer. Um, you, you just simply blend it with water. If you want to make it with milk, if you want to throw in blueberries or peaches or whatever, you know, you can make it your own. But all you really need to do is add water, mix it up, and cook it on the griddle. And they cook up just delicious and fluffy. Um, and we just we spent an incredibly long time working on the recipes. And so they make really delicious pancakes. See, and they yeah. are really delicious. And I feel like for me, like I have such a short window in the morning from when I have to get up to when I have to get out the door because here in LA traffic is just horrible. So if you miss that like 10 minute time frame, like your whole day is just off. So for me, it's so easy to just have one ingredient that I kind of just mix together, throw in the pan really quickly and have something ready in minutes. Whereas like, other mixes you have to add eggs and you have to add this and you have to add that like the other day i was at a an expo where i bought these uh brownie mixes and they were like they're like oh it's gluten-free and dairy-free and sugar-free and there's nothing in it and and they tasted so good when i sampled it and then i went home and then i realized because it's only like just almond flour and chocolate and you have to add everything else to make the actual product we call that glorified flour yeah exactly that's all it is and it's like you all you did was sell me a bag of flour i thought i was buying like a ready-made product (laughs) whereas i like with birch benders is at least you guys have a product that is already ready that's just easy to throw together and 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 eat on the go yeah i mean we we sort of saw when we were 
starting out, we saw that um, with pancakes, which is kind of a, this forgotten category before we got involved, is very old school. You had these natural, you had natural mixes, but most of them were, again, like what you were saying with brownies, glorified flour. You have to add eggs and milk and whatever. And then there would be like, then you got like the Aunt Jemima's of the world, but it's full of junk, yeah. bad for you. Um, and it's just add water, but it's, you know, it's not, it's crap. So we were like, well, why can't we have something that's just add water and easy, but clean ingredients that you can understand and pronounce and, mm-hmm. um, functional benefits too. And that tastes good. I really like the paleo ones. I like that there's a paleo mix that's available that I don't have to make. I remember when I first went paleo, there were so many recipes, but they required like 25 ingredients each. And I'm like, who has that kind of time? Oh, yeah. I did a whole 30. Oh, my God. It's like crazy. We've seen a ton of traction with our our functional, we call them functional uh, flavors, like being our paleo, our gluten-free, our high protein. Um, And, you know, people are responding really well to it because those those recipes are really difficult to make. Uh, so when we made our paleo pancake mix, we were designing the recipe. It took literally over 99 different recipe attempts to make it just because the, the ingredients are so finicky. Um, and so they're so much better than, you know, you're going to be able to make at your own house because we've tested all the recipes out mm-hmm. there. You know, we've tried every single recipe on the Internet, um, every in every cookbook, and, you know, they really are, you know, better than what you can get out there in, in your own kitchen. And, you know, with the functional benefits, people are just responding really, really well to them. Yeah, that's actually the number one um, natural – our paleo is the number one natural pancake mix in the U.S. now, which is wild. That's awesome. Um, which you never would have guessed, but paleo is here to stay, I think. I mean, it's it's just a really healthy way to live, and it tastes good, and it feels good in your body. Um, I agree, and I think people are tapping into that so much more. Uh, yeah. But there's, I feel like there was such a struggle. Like, even you, you mentioned doing Whole30. So, like, doing Whole30 or keto or paleo, like, they are great, and you feel great, but it's not always the most functional for somebody that's busy and constantly on the go, yep. which I like Crazy. that your product kind of merges those two worlds together, making it easy and functional while also still being good for you and keeping it clean. So, what was kind of, like, the, like, Let's see, how do I ask this? So it's easy to launch, or it's not easy, but it's one thing to launch a startup company, a startup business um, where you want to sell a good product and market it as healthy and kind of just run with that idea. But you guys really decided to stay true to your values, to keep clean ingredients and to keep a product um, that people are not just going to want to you know, think is healthy for them, but really truly is healthy and functional for them. So where did that kind of mindset come in? And was that challenging when it came to launching a business? I mean, I would just say it never really even crossed our mind. Um, if you look at, you know, a lot of those like quote unquote healthy uh, bars, like some of the protein bars, some of the, the that are full bars, of sugar. Yeah. Yeah. So full of sugar and full of crap. And, you know, they're like covered in chocolate and caramel. <laughs> and, you know, it's no different from a Snickers bar, really. Right. Uh, and but, you know, and it just never really even crossed our mind to do something like that. We just wanted to make, a, you know, a, a really good product out of good, clean ingredients. Um, and I think one of the main reasons why we kept true to that is because we do all of the recipe development uh, ourselves. We don't. We never farm it out to a food scientist or anything. It's all done in literally our in, in our kitchen. <laughs> it's. I mean, well, we recently moved to and um, we got a new office, so now we have 
an office kitchen, which is so nice because we don't have the 50 pound bags of flour in our tiny kitchen anymore. Now it's in the office. I love that. Um, but it's still, it's done by us. Um, and we kind of take a very scientific approach. I was actually going to go to med school, um, originally, like when I started getting involved with this with Matt. Um, so now I'm Dr. Pancake instead, (laughs) but, um, we, uh, I was taking organic chemistry and, um, around the time we were starting birch vendors and I had this like idea of like, what if we, um, do double blind taste tests on every variety of every ingredient. So we started with flour, like not all flowers are created equal. Some have right. higher protein that's going to affect the rise and the taste and the texture. Um, protein among winter many other wheat, factors spring wheat. really affects things. So spring wheat, winter wheat. So we tried every variety of every flower and we tried it double blind. So we didn't know which one we were tasting to figure out what flower is the best pancake flour. And then we did that process for every ingredient, like chocolate chips, sugar, everything, almond flowers. We try all the varieties. We try all the different grinds. Is a finer grind or a, like th- there's just so many different um, factors that um, play into it. And the result is a pancake that's going to taste better than what you're going to make from scratch because unless you're kind of a crazy person, why would you do all that work to just make one recipe? Right. But we, um, we really do that with every recipe we do where we are super meticulous about testing ingredients to find the best ones. I love that. So Matt, what do you think is the key to building a successful startup and really making it go from just being a startup that you run out of your house to being able to rent out a commercial space and, and be available nationwide? Um, that's a great question. And we've focused a lot on, you know, how we've found success. Um, and I'm a big proponent of the lean startup model. I'm sure you've heard of that. Um, and so when we launched our product, our first goal was really to just to get uh, a product out there and start testing it in the marketplace. And so we, our initial products were sold in jars and the price point was all wrong and the branding was off. But, you know, we, we were getting our product out there and getting in front of consumers. Um, and this is, I think, one of the very most important parts of uh, launching and running a startup is getting your product out in front of consumers because the product you launch your business with likely will not be the same product that you find success with. Uh, one of my favorite business uh, thinkers, a guy named, a man named uh, this was Clayton Christensen, and he, uh, I saw a study from him recently saying that um, in CPG and, and business with products, um, with physical products, 93% of successful businesses change and iterate from the product that they go to market with uh, to the product that they find success with. I mean, just think about that. 93% of success stories end up with success with a different product than they initially went to market with. And so if, you know, if 93% of the successful businesses have done that, then every single startup needs to assume and prepare for the fact that the products that they find success with and product market fit will not be the products that they initially go to market with. And what that also means is, and so what we took from like knowing that and getting good mentors early on is like, you don't want to, because you're probably going to change things about your product. Um, you don't, it's, it's, uh, it's very risky to try to get into a big account early on when you're still in the sort of, um, early stages and, um, still tweaking things because if it doesn't work and if it's not selling, you don't really get a second chance. So we were, fortunate to get good advice early on to like stay small, do a, you know, keep, keep like staying like we were, we stayed in like a couple, like 10, 20 stores for like a 
few years and would just demo twice a day every day and see what people liked and what they didn't and just tweak and tweak before we did a big launch. Because if we had done a big launch early on, even though it's tempting as an entrepreneur, it wouldn't have worked. And stores, if your stuff isn't selling, it's hard to then get back on the shelf and say, hey, I made it better. Give me another shot. Right. And, so, the, and the other key is that during this iteration period, when you're trying to figure out your product market fit, um, staying as lean as possible is crucial to your success. If you go out and so raise going a bunch to the of gym money, a lot, cut, yeah, right. cutting the extra calories, <laughs> eating, eating exclusively paleo pancakes. <laughs> uh, like if you go out and raise a bunch of money before you launch your products and before you're, you're confident that you have like the consumers really like what you're selling. And, you know, you raise a bunch of money, you're going to hire a bunch of people and your burn rate is just going to be so much higher and faster. And you're going to burn through that cash so much uh, quicker than if you did, if you just stayed lean. Um, but once you, once you find that product market fit and, you know, you're going to, you're going to know when you're getting tension. It's, there's, there's, there's no really doubt the POs yeah. are going to, you know, get big and they're going to get big quick. Um, and when that happens, that's the time to scale up because, people are going to notice that you're on something. And, and if you're not the one to disrupt the market with what you're onto, then someone else will jump in there and gladly be the one to take that. But to, get, to give you like a sense of like how like long it took us, I mean, and, and this is a pretty, like it took us, yeah, it took us like four, four or five different iterations of packaging going from jars to a bigger pouch, then to kind of the pouches we have now. And now we've got other stuff coming up, but um, before we got it right. So um it's it's tricky because you maybe you get the product right, but then maybe your size is too is too high, and so your um your your price is too high, and you need to go to a smaller size to get that right retail price. It's tricky, um, but staying small and um, collecting data and getting feedback um, when you're in that phase before you go big is is really important. I like that. Um, what would you say is the biggest challenge you guys had to overcome? Uh, taking you from those early stages to uh, to where Birchbenders is now? I'd say just staying focused. Because, you know, if you're out there, you're presenting your products, um, there's so many opportunities to get kind of sidetracked. And there's and you, you see opportunities that exist, and you're like, oh, man, I should do this. But you're really just staying true to the, you know, your, your brand, your business. Um, Patience, and, too. You know, the, it's like... the products that are working. And, yeah, just being patient, as Lizzie says, um, and not getting sidetracked with all the infinite opportunities out there. Just really staying the course and staying focused. How and not? Yeah. Oh, I mean, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Just yeah. Like it's just again, it's so tempting to like um, if you go to a trade show and you meet like I don't know Safeway and they're like, hey, we'll give you a shot. And it's so tempting to say yes to everything. It's but it's it's good to sometimes say no. You know, we're not ready, and make sure you're ready when you do that because um, with bigger retailers, you really you really only get one shot. And if it doesn't work, they're going to discontinue you or disco as we call it in the industry. And you don't want that. So how do you find that balance from when you are testing out these products and you, you obviously want this, that feedback, but how, when did you know you were confident in your product to then start pitching to the big distributors? It's not really pitching to distributors ever. We learned this. Um, this was a surprise. We did try to pitch to distributors actually <laughs> for years. I would call UNFI and I would call Kehi and be like, 
hey, you guys, like, look at our jars. They're so cool. You don't want to carry us. And they'd be like, nah, nothing we're going to do. We can't work with you until the retailer wants you, and then we'll work with got you. It. So it's like you start with the retailer. But um, I do remember when we finally got into Whole Foods, I'd been talking to this one um, rep at UNFI, and she was really nice to me. She'd be like, you know, nice to hear from you again, Lizzie. I noticed that you sent me these. We, we had these jars where we – um we changed the label and we were so cheap that we didn't have any money. So we put the new label over the old label. And she's like, it's kind of janky. Like I saw their jars and you've got two labels on them, but call me in another year when you're ready. And when we finally got in Unify, it was, um, we got in Whole Foods. It was awesome. Cause she was like, you've been accepted. Now we can work with each other. Uh-huh. Um, but it's really when the retailer decides that you're, um, a good fit, the di- distributor is going to get you set up and not generally the other way around. Now, aside from just having the struggles of launching a company and, and, and finding those retailers, you guys were also married. And I feel like <laughs> running a business together can be very challenging. So how did you guys handle like having to make some of those tough business decisions while still being like a married couple or still just being in a relationship? And did that weigh heavy on your relationship? What we found is that, you know, in, in the business, if we're, if we're trying to make a decision and we're fighting a lot about it, then it's probably not the right decision. But when we, you know, when we finally, and this goes with any number of things, like design or flavors or where to sell or uh, who to hire or any of that stuff, but when we agree, it always, you know, always the right choice. We just, we'll just fight until we agree. So that's something <laughs> generally the path to go down. We've also so been lucky really that our day-to-day is really uh, different. Um, we don't have two, I mean, it's, yeah. there's lots of crossover, but we've carved roles that don't have, that don't like, um, clash too much. Smart. Yeah. So Matt, where do you yeah. see the wellness and natural food industry going? I know we talked a little bit about paleo. You guys said that that's here to stay, but do you think that this is just a trend that's going to stick around for a couple of years or do you really see the space growing and kind of starting to dominate, um, our, our health? I, I see the wellness and the natural food industry uh, not going anywhere for ever. Basically, the more educated the consumer gets, the, the more obvious it is that you know these natural foods are just simply better for you than microwave foods of the fifties. Uh, you know, this, our foods don't need to be space aged; <laughs> just grown naturally here on planet Earth. And uh, you know, I mean, just as more research comes out about what a the composition of a healthy diet and, and more people get educated about that. Uh, it's just going to get bigger and bigger. I like that. Okay. Now I want to throw a segment at you guys. It's called give me your besties. So I'm going to ask you guys for some of your favorite items and you're going to, you're going to break them down for me. Okay. So the first one is uh, Matt, give me your best pancake toppings. My best pancake mm-hmm. topping. What are your favorites to have every morning? I mean, it's got to be, uh, Bacon, bacon, sausage, and maple syrup. Let's, okay. let's make this a hearty, nice, delicious breakfast. <laughs> I like it, Lizzie. Poached egg. Poached egg. Ooh, extra uh, for extra protein. Oh yeah. Do you make and your they're like delicious? I love poached eggs. Do you, do I'm kind you... of on a kick of that. They're trendy right now. They are. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite pers- personal favorite product um, on your line, Matt? Um, the paleo really is paleo? an exceptional product. Yeah, that's just, that's just a, a winner right there. Ditto. Uh, Lizzie, give me your best 
breakfast. Oh, I guess you guys kind of gave me this your best breakfast side dish. But is there, let's go back to pancake toppings. Is there anything on your actual pancakes that you like? Do you like whipped cream? Do you like berries? Do you like nuts? I don't have a sweet, I don't have like the sweetest tooth. That's why I love our like, paleo too. It's like, I, I mean, I like, I, I'm like a, I love our pancake. I love all our pancakes. I <laughs> think they're delicious, but I'm, I don't generally add syrup because I, I don't think it needs it. Um, so I like, like, I'm like the bacon poached egg kind of style. That's more me. So on our classic or on our paleo, that's like perfection to me. I like that. Uh, Matt, are you a coffee drinker or a tea drinker? Oh, I'm a coffee drinker, much more than a tea drinker. Lizzie? Coffee. Coffee all the way. I'm with you. I'm actually drinking a coffee, a moon-dusted coffee. That's how you know I'm from L.A. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Matt, pancakes or waffles? Um, As a kid, I was more of a waffle guy, but as I get older, I'm a pancake man. Lizzie? From a waffle boy to a pancake man. (laughs) (laughs) A lumberjack. (laughs) Pancakes, Lizzie? Yeah, definitely. Why pancakes over waffles? I don't know. I'm just, I've always been more of a pancake person, though I love waffles too, but I like the, I just, pancakes are like fluffy clouds. Fluffy, they are. They, I think when you think of a good pancake, it is nice and fluffy and just, it just makes you feel like full and, and full of just happiness. Yes. It's like a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, guys, where can uh, where can my listeners go to to learn more about Birchbenders? Where can they buy you guys? Sure. Um, so our, our website is birchbenders.com. If that's too long for you, uh, buypancakes.com. Redirects you there. As in, ooh. purchase pancakes, buy pancakes. Smart. That I mean, was a really smart business move. Yeah, and then right? um, you could find us. I mean, we're in, I think we're now in like a, over 7,000 retailers um, nationwide, but we're in... Um, we're in Target, Whole Foods, Sprouts. I mean, California, like we're all over the place, all the independent naturals. Um, we're in getting in or in many regions of Safeway. Um, we're, it, we're getting we're into Costco, Costco, actually. Right now. Nice. Costco's a big one. Yeah, yeah, not all Costco's, but well, all in time is kind of rotation. So um, we're starting with NorCal and then hopefully the SoCal San Diego soon as well. Um, so we're excited. Cool. That is exciting. And where can people go to follow you guys on social media? At Birchbenders, uh, hashtag Birchbenders. Birch yeah. At Birchbenders, hashtag Birchbenders. Yeah. We got that hashtag, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you guys so much for calling in and chatting with me. I think we gave some good, or you, not so much me, but you guys gave some good, some good business tips. And... I'm excited to see where this industry really grows. I think you guys are, are really, um, your product rocks and you have just such a good focused mindset. Um, and I love that you guys just really stick to your values and it wasn't about, you know, just trying to market a product as healthy. Like you really tried to, to create something that, that is a good, healthier product. So I appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you so, so much. much. It's been us. such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody needs to go and check out Birch Benders. I love their pancakes. And, and you know, when I'm in the mood for a nice crispy waffle, I'll, I'll throw them in my, I'll throw their batch in my waffle maker because they're yummy like that. Um, I like to throw a little, um, a little dairy-free butter or coconut oil is kind of my favorite topping. 
Um, and I think I'll, I'll Insta stories them a little more so you can see how I eat my birch benders. But definitely don't forget to, to check out their website. And thank you guys for listening to hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. Don't forget to subscribe and listen every Wednesday on iTunes. And I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Thanks, Zach. Thank you.